This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. Check out theropetrainer.com, as my friend John Smoltz says. Everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. So make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. Uh, special thanks to Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, and, of course, John Smoltz for their wonderful support of our show. We highly encourage you to check out The Rope Trainer and see if it's a, uh, if it's a good fit, which we know it is, for you and your player as you try to avoid these arm injuries that seem to be plaguing our younger generation today as we... Obviously, search high and low for the reasons. Um, we can debate the reasons all we want, but the reality of it is we got a problem. We need to figure out what we're doing. I'm not quite sure it's so crystal clear what's going on out here. Is just like cars, sometimes different things go wrong with different people. But um, I'm going to rant a little bit today about something that I think is by far a big factor in this. And you can probably figure it out that it's awful early in the season and I'm already ready to rant a little bit. So... Guys, got to talk about some things here, guys. So um, excited about that. I want to thank uh, I want to thank my partners, of course, theropetrainer.com. I want to thank uh, PrecisionImpact.ca for their continued support of the show. Uh, of course, EliteBaseball.tv. Uh, my good friend Justin Stone and Travis Kerber, the gang up there. Uh, again, I've gotten some some messages lately from some people that have recently subscribed to EliteBaseball.tv, using it for their practices and things like that. They had some questions actually, and I love this. Was able to contact. Through Twitter, Travis Kerber, who I think a lot of the pitching coordinator up there for Elite Baseball, and um, you know he answered the questions right away for the guy. You know, it, the guys are happy to do that. They're busy for sure, but given the opportunity, they're happy to help, and that's what the what they do. All the people that are involved in this show are all happy to help, guys. So please don't don't hesitate to reach out. Of course, I always say, I mean, the best thing to do is to follow them social media wise. You'll learn so much just by being a part of what these guys do. Um, I want to thank uh, Kurt McNabb with Dirtbag Baseball Nation. He's actually off this week, uh, so no rope report this week. Um, he's enjoying some time down in Florida with the dirtbags and, and checking in on some uh, on some baseball. So excited for him um, and, and his group as I've been seeing some pictures from down there. It looks like they're having a great time. Again, I uh, want to have everybody check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. You can do a few things at the website there. You can listen to this show. Uh, one of the things that people really seem to be enjoying is listening to past episodes, kind of doing some uh, binge listening. We've had some great guests over the years, uh, things that apply today as much as they did yesterday. So I think people go back, and some people listen to all the episodes, which we appreciate. Some people kind of go back and pick and choose or maybe hear something they like. But please go to the website, youthbaseballtalk.com. You'll notice all the all the shows are on there. You just have to, once you get down to the bottom, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, you'll find uh, arrows to take you to another page. You can go all the way back to the very first episode for sure. Um, but again, we appreciate that. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast, which is completely f- uh, completely fine and free, which is a great word, free. Just get a notification on your mobile device each time the show's out, letting you know that you can listen to it at your leisure. And in the end, that's what this is all about, is allowing you to listen to the show at your convenience when you want to do it and how you want to do it. That's the great thing about podcasting. So subscribe to the show, and it'll help you with that. 
The, our ask of you, though, is, is if you don't mind, a lot of you are buying stuff on the Internet, especially through Amazon, as we all know. If you'll click the Amazon banner on our website, on your computer, it'll be to your right. On your mobile device, you'll scroll all the way down. Um, basically, it doesn't cost you anything. Once you click that, you're done with us. You go to the Amazon site. Anything you buy, we get a very small referral, but it does help us cover some of the production costs for the show and allows us to stay on the air. So if you don't mind doing that, we'd greatly appreciate it. We love social media. We love to be connected. We love to know what people are thinking. Um, my rant today is a direct result of following people on social media. Um, it informs us, both good and bad sometimes. And But I always say, you know, is if you can have a conversation about something, is it really that bad? If you can have an adult conversation. So um, today's show will be a direct result of social media. Um, follow us on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. Uh, if you're involved in baseball, we're going to follow you back. Um, we're interested to know what you have to say and what interests you. So, again, follow us at Podcast Baseball. We'll follow you back. Check us out on Facebook. That's our big ass. Simply type in Youth Baseball Talk. Um, when you get to our page, if you'd like it, uh, then click invite your friends and any of your friends that are involved in youth baseball or even youth softball for that matter. We'd greatly appreciate it if you would invite them to like the page as well. The more people involved in our conversations, the merrier. You can find us on Instagram at Youth Baseball Talk. You can also find us as part of the group with lineupmedia.fm, the fastest growing podcast company on the planet. They take your entertainment time very seriously. You'll also find the newest uh, internet radio sensation, Yo Radio, as it's uh, being released through lineupmedia.fm. I know you'll enjoy it, as I am uh, in the testing phase here. We're getting to do some stuff with it. It's phenomenal. We're very proud and happy to be a part of the baseball channel that'll be a part of Yo Radio. Special thanks to my producers, Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, all they do behind the scenes. I appreciate you guys very much. Something new we'll be doing here is uh, in an effort to uh, show love for my supporters. Um, we typically do all the uh, the segments at the end after my, you know, whether it be an interview or a discussion or a rant or whatever it is. We typically do that. I've talked to my uh, my advertisers and sponsors, and uh, just to kind of, you know, show them the appreciation that I have, I'm going to kind of roll through. Uh, one a week will come right after the intro here, so, um, you know, uh, we'll just, you know, the other ones will be at the end, and each week we'll feature a different one. I'm going to start this week with my good friends at Precision Impact. I encourage you to check out precisionimpact.ca. Uh, my buddy Phil and, of course, Dirk Dembrowski, who does so much for baseball. Uh, they have wonderful products, very streamlined outfit, automated business. They outsource all their warehousing and shipping to a third-party logistics company. That helps them keep the prices down for you guys. They love your feedback. They focus on very few products. Some of the things that you're seeing all over the country, people use, you know, the sand balls for, for the heaviness, the weighted balls, some of the training devices, things like that. Make sure you check them out. They do offer volume discounts. New in 2018 is our Coaches Forum. They're building a community through Facebook, YouTube channels, things like that. Make sure you get involved, guys. There's a great way to have a conversation here, and uh, I know you guys are loving Dirk. I've got some great feedback on the segment. Um, you know, whether it's Dirk or, or Justin or Travis or or Kirk McNabb, you know, good baseball people love energetic people that really you can tell have a caring uh, sense about them in their voice, and it's not just all for show. And I promise you, Dirk's one of those guys. Um, don't forget, obviously, uh, take advantage of the coupon code Youth Baseball Talk when checking out from Precision Impact. So that's precisionimpact.ca. When you're checking out in the coupon code section, put Youth Baseball Talk. You'll receive an extra 10%. Let's go now and hear from Dirk Dombrowski. When we come back, um, I'm going to let you know what's on my mind today. I'm not a very happy camper after seeing some things on social media. And again, it doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't have to be a happy camper. You can say you don't know what you're talking about, and that's fine. Um, it's just up for discussion. So let's hear from Dirk. When we come back, I'll let you know what's on my mind today. Take it away, Dirk.
Hey everybody, welcome to Precision Impact. My name is Dirk and on today's segment, we're gonna talk about in-season training. Now in my opinion, a little in-season training is a little bit misunderstood. I find that without a doubt, coaches and athletes advocate for off-season training, but not enough about in-season training is understood. So today we're gonna to talk about a few key points that I believe are gonna be really important to make sure you are aware of how important in-season training is. I try to express to athletes and coaches that in-season training or training in general is a lot like making deposits and withdrawals into your body. Your body is a lot like a bank account. So when we're doing some plow training, when we're in the gym, when we're fueling ourselves properly, when we're sleeping the appropriate amount of time a day, when we're working on uh, drills mechanically, those are all deposits into our body. Now come season, we want to have that bank account as full as possible. Every time we go out onto the mound and pitch a complete game or a few innings or come in as relief or out swinging at 100% intent or um, making you know routes in the outfield sprinting down a ball, those are all, in my opinion, all withdrawals. So we need to make sure that we're steadily making deposits into our bank throughout the course of the actual season so that we're not completely withdrawing all the money from our account um, or our body in season. So. You'll find a lot of times that a lot of athletes at the end of their season or towards playoffs, um, they're sore, they're, 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 they're battling a small injury, there's stiffness uh, or some kind of arm pain or hip pain or back pain. Um, in-season training can manage that quite a bit. So it's important that in-season training is very understood. So imagine yourself a graph. Running vertically is strength, speed and power. Running horizontally um, is split up into three categories. Initially is your off-season or your preseason, your in-season, and your playoffs at the very end. Now, off-season training, again, we're going to see um, incre incremental gains, never linear, but some days going back, some days going up, but we're going to see consistent gains of us getting better, stronger, faster, all these types of things. Without a doubt, because of the amount of volume that we can handle in the off season, we might be in the gym three days a week or four days a week. We might also be throwing twice a week. Maybe we're hitting um, an excessive amount of volume all with the intent of getting stronger, faster, and more powerful. Now, once the season hits, important to understand that we continue training. We might just simply scale back um, a little bit for the season, depending on the level at which we're playing, what our schedule looks like, how many days a week we're practicing. So for those athletes that stop training completely, maybe not immediately, but gradually, they're gonna to start to see a gradual decline in their uh, performance, strength, speed, and power, simply because they're relying on practices for their training. For athletes, on the other hand, that take charge and take care of their own business, remember, no one's gonna take care of your business better than you. It's important that for those athletes that continue some level of training, whether it be really keying in or dialing in on their nutrition, getting a lot of sleep, um, doing some plyo training with our V-bands, wrist weights, trampolines, or uh, plyo bombs, or maybe hitting the weights, they're gonna see at the very, very minimum a plateau. Now, that's, that's the, the very least. We're expecting even doing those types of things in season to see some gains as well. So that by the time playoffs rolls around, they're better at the very, very minimum. They're as good as when the season started and they're still healthy for making all those deposits into their body bank. 
Now, for those athletes that stop making deposits and just rely strictly on withdrawals, there's a good chance they're going to run out of money by the time their season or their playoffs start to begin or their finals begin. And these areas, for those athletes that have felt worse at the end of the season than they had at the beginning of the season, it's likely because you've stopped training in season. So understand how important in-season training is. We want to be just as good, if not better, and healthy as we were when the season starts. So if you've ever had a season where at the very end you've barely scraped by, you're barely making it to playoffs, you're not really as strong or as resilient as you are at the beginning of the season, take into question or think about possibly incorporating in-season training or better or more in-season training into your regime and see if that works. You're gonna find that at the very least you're just as healthy. Be sure to, coach, uh, be sure to contact uh, and consult uh, a really good coach to make sure you're doing the right things and not just not just anything too random. Be sure that if you don't have time, maybe you're incorporating it into your practices and games or pre-game or post-games, things like that. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns regarding this video or have any topics for any future videos, leave a comment down below. That's great stuff as always. And again, I appreciate everything Dirk does for the show, the content that he provides. I know people are really enjoying it. And again, um, you know, He's just an example of another influencer out there that really cares. You know, obviously, you know, they have a business to run and they're trying to, you know, get you to check them out and give them an opportunity for your business. But in the end, you know, they're building, they're building people. They're taking children and they're helping them become adults and they're trying to help them become the best adults they can be, whether that be through the physical or the mental portion of the game. Make sure you give these guys an opportunity. Check them out, precisionimpact.ca. And again, when checking out, don't forget to eat in the coupon code, put Youth Baseball Talk, you'll receive that extra 10%. Okay, what's on my mind today? Well, this happens every, I don't know why I thought this year would be any different. This happens every March. Okay. Now I want to throw a disclaimer on this. I'm no dummy, okay? I know that we have warm states where kids play baseball almost year-round. Whether I agree with that or not is really irrelevant. Um, I always talk about the interview that I did uh, when I was fairly new with a, with a great group out of California, Wilson MVP Elite, who are a top baseball program in the country. And I had had them on for the strict, uh, for, the, for the factual reason of knowing that what they do is completely different from the way it's done in the Midwest. Now, I could have interviewed... Numerous clubs, whether they be in Florida, you know, down south, or whether they be out on the west, Arizona, California, Nevada, all those areas out there where it's warm almost, you know, year-round. And I did it on purpose because I wanted to know what they do, why they do it, how they do it, the thought process and things like that. And the reality of it is it's just different. It's no different than the Dominican or Cuba or places like that. It's just a different – and I, I hate to use the word culture because it's not even about culture. It's just a different – way of doing things based on their surroundings. So with that, though, with those surroundings comes the ability to do things, whether you agree with them or not, at least minorly safe, um, safely, preparation, things like that are key words when it comes to that. But the bottom line is this. If you're in the Midwest, especially, or anywhere where you are not afforded the ability to to do this, your typical off-season and your typical – uh, preseason training really kind of mirrors no different than what a major league baseball preseason is. And that is whether you're a high school player, a youth player, I guarantee you there's some sort of, uh, and I got, I hope <laughs> it'd be even worse if there wasn't, but there is some sort of buildup to that first game. 
within that buildup is many things that we talk about on the show. Obviously, you're hitting kids ground balls, and you're trying to catch fly balls, and you're teaching them how to hit and run bases and bunt plays and fundamentals and things like that, right? All part of teaching of the game, which we all try to take advantage of. We used to talk about trying to do as much of that inside as we could so that when we when it was warm enough to get outside, we could we could start facing hitters and, and live pitching and, and control it and do those things and get some live action before we played games. But with all that comes the most important thing that people don't think enough of, and that's the preparation to throw meaningful innings as a pitcher. Okay? So... Well, I think most people are doing a good job, um, you know, I always point to my – I really appreciate Pitch Smart from USA Baseball. I appreciate Pitch Smart from USA Baseball because not only does it put a focus on pitch counts, more importantly, it puts a focus on days of rest, which I have said on here is what I believe to be the problem. I don't believe the pitch count to be the biggest problem here. Now, that being said, okay, so let me say this. And this is where I'm going with this. And I'm going to tell you, when I say this, you're going to go, okay, I see where he's going. If it's March, what was yesterday, the 15th? If it's March 15th and you played your first game and you thought, okay, he's right. Okay, I got a 10-year-old here. I would say if he's free and easy and nice and going, I always use the 5-7 to rule. If you got a kid that's had, you know, it's just not that easy for him. Their age times five is 50 pitches. He should throw no more than 50 pitches. If he's free and easy and he's in season and he's cruising along and there's no stressful long innings and, you know, his mechanics are good and all that kind of stuff, you can go 70. Now, mind you, I love the five to seven. I think it's a great resource of tool as far as, like, what you think is right for kid. Now, you have to make you have to be the adult here and you have to make that decision not for what's best for your team, what's best for the kid. You know, you know, is he a kid that, you know, kind of, you know, doesn't get it up? Is he a kid that, you know, you got to pay attention to these things. Does he look tired? Is his arm look fatigued? Is he a kid that comes up to you all the time and says, you know, my arm's a little sore? Take all this into account, right? But I promise you, if you like the five to seven rule, okay, if you love the five to seven rule, which I think is a great gauge, the two things that go with it are, Okay, now you got to follow pitch smart, and if the kid throws 70 pitches, he's not going to throw for he's not going to pitch for how long, guys? 5 days. <laughs> okay? He's not going to throw for 5 days. Okay? Now, here's the real thing that's got me going on March 15th, 2018. I'm seeing tweets and getting messages and all this from people. Now, I I I'm I'm going to make a couple of assumptions here. Some of these kids that I'm seeing that are going out here, if it's not their first outing, what's it, maybe their second? Maybe their third? We're throwing 70 pitches out of the gate. First time out. I watched a high school kid last night throw almost 100 pitches. First time out. Why? It's March 15th. I watched our pitcher cruising along. He came out after 60. He had a 60-pitch limit. It's early. Why? Did we get the W? Yes, sir, we got the W. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. I, if you're an adult, I ask you this question. If you're going to go run a 100-yard dash, do you get out of your car and go run it? 
Don't you warm up? Don't you build up? And if you want to be any good at it, do you go out there? I, I, I don't understand. Where's the preparation? What do you think would happen to you as an adult, or as no matter what you are, if you didn't prepare for something taxing on your body and just went and did it full bore? What do you think would happen? You wouldn't feel very good. And furthermore, I brought up that most people, their seasons, now, take this the right way when I say it, most people's seasons and the way they work them mirror preseason MLB baseball. And what I mean by that is, I'm talking about the time frame, okay? If you're fortunate enough to start January 1st, right, with an April 1st start date, which we're starting earlier and earlier every year, which I don't understand in the Midwest. It is cold. It is windy. It is rainy. It is no fun. No matter how much you tell yourself it is, there is no 10-year-old kid that wants to stand out in 38-degree weather with 30-mile-an-hour winds and drizzling and play baseball. It is not fun. I don't care what you say. Yeah, you might have the occasional kid. Nope, you're not going to convince me of it. I had really good players that loved the game and they were miserable. Well, what do you want? What, what, what good is it? Now, here's the thing I'm going to tell you. The problem is, is that every now and again in March, what do we get? We get good weather, right? Oh, I wish we were playing baseball this weekend. Yeah. So guess what? I can't I mean, get outside and practice. Inter-squad, do something. There's plenty of competitive situations to be played throughout the year. The problem is when you get in a tournament and it becomes 40 degrees with 30-mile-an-hour or 15, 20-mile-an-hour winds, maybe a little bit of drizzle, and you're playing at 8 o'clock at night or 6 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock in the morning, okay? These guys run these tournaments. This is how they make a living. So they're not canceling them because it's, it's a little bit miserable out. They don't care. Tournament director is going to show up in his long underwear and his hoodies, his fleece pants, his jackets, his gloves, his stocking cap. He's not playing. And it's hey, and you signed up for it, knowing what what it was when you got in it. No tournament's ever been canceled because the tournament director said, "You know, I'm going to give you all your money back because you know it's it's 40 degrees, it's a little windy today, and I think the kids are going to be too cold." No, that don't happen. You're going to need some extreme weather. So my point is. It doesn't even matter when you start. You do you. Do you. you do you. You Whatever your team decides, whatever, that's on you. You, you. Whatever. I'm not here to tell you what to do. But I will say this. You, if you've had at least six weeks, which is the minimum amount of weeks you need to prepare an arm to pitch in a game. So if you're doing that, go get them. Okay? But I will say this. When you watch a spring training game, and we're talking about the elite pitchers and athletes in the world. They've just spent some time getting ready. They've spent all season preparing their their bodies physically. What do they typically start out at? A couple innings? A couple innings. And then they don't throw for five days. They don't pitch in a game. No, they throw the bullpens. A couple innings. Then they come back and they might extend it another inning. And then another inning. Not us, boy. We're taking these kids and we're taking them out their first time out and saying, go get them. So I'm just trying to figure it out. I, I, I don't understand. Where did we lose the common sense? Now, some people out there, I know who you are, are going, oh, you, you know what, Jim, I think we put too much common sense in it. Just go out and throw. Well, okay. Yep. I mean, again, and all I can say to, to this is, just think about what you're doing. 
And what? And before you go telling me how you did it when you were younger and all this kind of stuff, it's not like that anymore. We are sh- pushing and straining these kids. We are asking them to take this to a whole nother level. We're asking them to do a compete level that is completely different. And again, I've said it a hundred times, so don't think I'm like, oh, we should be. I never said to baby anybody. I have no issue with a pitch count. If you want to put a pitch count on a kid, people would probably say, I think your pitch count's a little high, Jim. Well, what I would say is, is that I, you know, I, I would beg to differ. I'll go with 70 pitches from a 10-year-old and then him not pitch again for 10 days over you and your three innings one day and three innings on Sunday and then maybe a couple innings on Tuesday or Wednesday in league game. I promise you, I promise you, my way's better. I promise you that. And I say that knowing full well that that's not how I did it at the beginning. My older son's team, we did it the other way. Four or five pitchers, and they all pitched Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then we'd we'd say we were going to pitch the other guys in league, but, you know, league gets competitive too like anything else. You start having rivalries with teams over the years. They don't like the fact that you're the big dog, so they have tryouts. They get better, and then you got – then all of a sudden they got a kid that's a real good pitcher, so you got to match up. With, you know the juices get going. So hey, listen, I was no better than anybody else. I'm not anybody any better than anybody else now. But my point is, I was part of. I, I was a big part of the problem too. Until I finally got wise one day and listened to a couple smart people go, "Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> what is going on here? Like." Okay, so what is you know what are you trying to accomplish here? And then when I said what I was trying to accomplish, they said if I could record that and play it back for you, you'd hear how ridiculously you sound talking about a bunch of nine and ten year olds. You sound like you're talking about a college, a high school, or a college or a professional baseball team, and what you're trying to accomplish <laughs> by pushing. So all I'm saying is. I love Pitch Smart. I'm going to encourage you to Google Pitch Smart guidelines. Check them out. Now, again, here's going to be the problem with checking out Pitch Smart guidelines. You're going to look at them and you're going to go, oh, I don't have enough pitching to do that, Jim, and compete. Well, then I'm going to tell you <laughs> let some other kids pitch and deal with it. I mean, really, you might surprise yourself. Kids can do things. Now, some, not all kids can do things as well as other kids, and that's how we got ourselves in this mess, to be completely honest with you. I don't have enough pitchers to compete. Well, you have pitchers. What you're saying is you don't have enough really good pitchers. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Now, you can roll the dice. There you go. There's the there's the 30,000-pound pink elephant in the room. You can roll the dice. It's done every day. I I guarantee you there's people listening to the show right now. There's people that that'll that'll get in on these conversations that we have. It'll happen. Okay? Well, that's not how we did it. We never had an arm injury. Never. No, you're that's the problem. Baby in the arm. Don't baby the arm. Well, number one, I never said baby the arm. I think they don't play enough catch. Playing catch is different than pitching on a mound in a game, folks. It just is. If you think it's not, 
then you got a problem. You need to you need to reevaluate because it is it's different. Who throws more than the catcher? These guys got cannons, and they throw a ton. How often you hear a Tommy John surgery from a catcher? Now, you might have it when they're younger, because they're doing they're catching and pitching. Okay. And again, you're going to get the occasional guy that has an elbow problem, because like I said, I mean, we're not, it's not perfect, but it's not a it's not an epidemic like it is for pitchers. So what's the issue? Where is the problem? Where's the problem? So all I'm asking you to do is is realize that while pitch guidelines are great, you also have to have some common sense of where you are in the season. Even the pros. Watch the pros sometimes. They typically what, – what is the number we typically see with pro players? 100 pitches, right? Give or take, depending. And they try to use their eye test and how's the guy doing and what's he get – da-da-da. And they communicate, right? They, communi- they communicate with grown men who sometimes even grown men with millions of dollars can't even tell their coach the truth. We see that happen all the time. You're trying to communicate with a 10-year-old who doesn't want to let you down, doesn't want to let his parents down, has probably at one time or another told his parents his arm hurt, and they, they said, well, where does it hurt? You know, the doctor in the family or the doctor in the dugout. Where does it hurt? Oh, that's, not, that's nothing. Keep throwing. Because they read somewhere online that if it's this, it's just fatigue. This is the area where if it's here... I love that, too. That's my favorite. When some Joe Schmo starts playing doctor in the dugout, that's my favorite. Number one rule, if your arm hurts, don't throw. Number one rule, never fall into that trap, folks. Pitch through it, throw through it. Nope. Number one rule, if it hurts, don't do it. I would say to you, I mean, what good – I mean, I've never in my life – I've been around it. I've seen it. I've never heard anybody say, just keep throwing and it work out okay. Never. Never. Because here's the deal, and here's what I mean by that. Either there's a problem or the kid doesn't want to do it. It's a warning sign either way around. Now, I'm being very general, and I know that. And I know they're extenuating circumstances and they are out there. I'm talking about on the whole. So all I'm saying is, is if this happens, open your eyes and your ears and your mind and do a little brilliant deducting. You're the adult. You're the parent. If you're a kid and you're listening to the show, I would encourage you to be open and honest with your coach and your parents. Telling them what they want to hear is not going to get you anywhere. Although I, I, I hate to say that I've seen some instances where I understand why kids tell their parents and coaches what they want to hear. Because then the, the, the supposed adult in the conversation doesn't come back with a good answer, doesn't come back with a good reply. It's on us as the coaches and the parents to allow the kids to be open and honest with us. So, yes, it is on us. We're supposed to be the adult or the parent or the coach. Common sense. It's like the Seinfeld. Though. It's one of my favorite episodes when Kramer's running for uh, running for office at the at the retirement home of Jerry's dad, and he's got these outlandish things going on. The guy says, "Who's he running running against?" And he says, "Common sense and a guy in a wheelchair." And it, <laughs> the reality of it is, we just sometimes get 
and, 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 the, and the statement had to do with all this wild, wacky stuff he was doing because, you know, you get so wound up. Oh, you get so excited about the things you're doing. We just lose common sense. We just lose it. It just goes out the window. I've been guilty of it. I'm guilty of it today. Maybe not in baseball because now I'm now I'm playing a different role. But in my everyday life, something you get geeked up about something, you get excited about something. You need something out there to rein you in. In life, you need it on the baseball field. You need it in the dugout. You need it in your own mind. Let it be the fact that you're responsible for these kids. In the end, you are responsible for these kids. I made a lot of choices when I was coaching my young team. Choices that were both good and bad. Okay, the bad ones that I made, okay, and when I talk about bad, I mean I I put things at risk. Those are the bad ones. I don't look back and think to myself, we really could have won this tournament if I would have pushed this kid or if I would have went against my own better judgment. Those aren't the bad decisions. Those were the good decisions that just didn't have the results that I wanted because I refused to veer off my path. So those aren't the bad decisions that I'm talking about. Those were the good ones because now I look back. I mean, I don't I, – I mean, the wins and losses don't get me. You know, where's the kid at? How much fun did he have? What's his memories? Did he enjoy all that kind of stuff? That's all I have to wake up with every day. I don't wake up every day with my record as a youth baseball coach, and it doesn't define me. You know? So that's my rant for today. Way too many tweets out there with kids first time out throwing way too many pitches. Way too many. There's no need for it. It's early. I'll never understand it. It's way early to be throwing max pitch limits in March. Just way early, guys. Common sense. Common sense. Check it out. I'm, I'm telling you, I encourage you. Pitch Smart USA guidelines. You will thank me for it, or you may not. You know, I've, I've had that, too. I've got some great listeners, and I appreciate you guys. I love the one we're going, Jim. I, like, the first time I talked about Pitch Smart USA, one of, the, one of the emails I got back was, I first off want to thank you because I, I never had looked at it that way, but I also want to cuss you because – Man, I'm looking on here going, I didn't, I didn't do a good enough job developing enough pitchers over the, you know, getting them ready. You know, I basically went into, to, I went into February and March and threw a bunch of kids up and had them do, you know, just bull, just flat grounds. And I basically pinpointed five kids that I thought could pitch and said, okay, these are our pitchers. And you know what? The guy was honest. He said, shame on me. Because just like everybody else, I had three or four more guys that could throw, but they just weren't as good as the other guys. Well, here's what kills me about pitching in youth baseball, and somebody's got to explain this to me. When you got a guy that plays shortstop, if he's struggling with ground balls, what do you do? You hit him more ground balls. If you got a guy, if you got a guy that can't hit and he's struggling to hit, what do you do? You try to help him. You try to teach him. Man, the one thing I see about youth baseball that, and, and this is the conversation for another day, but why is it? And I, I mean, and I'm telling you, this is very general, but I've seen it. I've been a part of it. Okay, I've had numerous conversations with people about why is it we're so so quick to dismiss a kid as a pitcher if we think he can't do it. It's interesting. I mean, it's it just, I don't know. It's something that's got to be done. There's a variety of ways to do it, too. And again, there's nothing wrong with being competitive. I've said that a thousand times over. I was competitive as hell. I did my rotations for tournaments built around trying to win. But it involved different scenarios. And did we lose some games because of it? Absolutely. 
you don't have to win every game. It'd be nice. I mean, who doesn't want to be who doesn't want to be perfect? But it's hard to be perfect. It's impossible to be perfect. Striving for it's fine, but but going against your values and your better judgment and common sense, that's silly. There's nothing there. There's no pot at the end of the rainbow. There's no gold gold pot at the end of the rainbow for it. I promise you. So, you know, at the end of the rainbow, what you're looking for is a great experience for your kids and hoping that some of them came to love the game and can continue to pursue it in whatever facet they want to pursue it in. But if you can send them away from, if you're lucky enough to have kids for a long stretch of time and send them all away from you healthy, you'll feel really good about that. You really will. Most coaches I know that if they, if a kid goes through an arm injury or something, it wears on them. Okay. And believe me, just like everything in life, it happens to good coaches too that do their very best. So again, there's no, we don't know for sure. We don't have anything perfect, but we do know that there are precautions that you can take that sure increase the likelihood that you're going to have less issues. So anyway, that's my rant for today. Appreciate everybody on social media, all the stuff you share, all the content, all the stuff that you get back to me with, the back and forth. It's awesome. I mean, I love these conversations. And as always, I encourage you, message me, whether it be through Facebook, Twitter, email, Jim at YouthBaseballTalk.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the subject. I'd also love, I always encourage if you have a differing view, I would love that as well. I do. I love to have the conversation about it. I'm never going to, you know, I, we can all respectfully disagree or agree. I mean, again, you can't fix anything without having a conversation. And I always say this too, you don't know until you know, right? I mean, I look at the way I handled pitchers my first go around with my first son's team. I didn't do it right in my opinion now, but as I tell people all the time, the reason I didn't is because I didn't know. So what? I didn't know until I knew. Now, it's like anything else. Once you find out what's really going on and then you choose to ignore that, now that's on you. So get educated, folks. Coaches need coached. You know that's our our thing here, right? Uh, Again, listeners, thank you so much for sharing your stuff, especially through social media. I love it. I love the fight. I love the... I love, you know, we got a lot of people out there that care about these kids, and I want to thank each and every one of you for your for your contributions in the show. Um, again, as I mentioned before, we've got no rope report today, as Dirk, uh, as Kirk McNabb is uh, down in Florida with his group, and they're having a great time, so week off for them. But we do want to uh, remind you to check out the, the, the ropetrainer.com, the wonderful group of Chris Verna, Earl Perrin, and, of course, the Hall of Famer John Smoltz. And as John Smoltz says, everybody should have one of these from big leaguers to little leaguers. If you have not Googled John Holt, John Smoltz's Hall of Fame speech, he addresses this arm problem in probably the most the, one of the proudest moments of his life. Okay, In his Hall of Fame speech, he discusses that we have a problem. Take a listen and ask yourself, why would a guy like this take the time to do this? It's because he cares, guys. So check it out, theropetrainer.com. Uh, now it's time to turn it over to my good friend and yours, the one, the only, Justin Stone with his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I had a great exchange with a, a loyal listener. It was actually through Twitter saying, I'm loving EliteBaseball.tv. I'm trying to incorporate it in my in my practices, but I'm struggling as far as to how I do it. I had tweeted back at him and, and tagged Travis Kerber, and you know what? Travis was right on it. So um, I know the listener appreciated it. I know Travis and I know Justin appreciated EliteBaseball.tv with the shout-out. Guys, they care. They really do. Okay, you're not just – 
You're not just getting something and being left out on an island. These guys will help you. Everybody involved in my show, I promise you, will help. Let's go now to my man, and let's hear from him on the EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.tv, and today's message is patience through the process. And I'm talking to you parents right now listening to me. They're going out and playing your first games of the year pretty soon, if not already, and panic mode sets in. It's because we spend all this off-season time and money investing into getting our players better. And at the beginning portion, we have a very small sample size, and inevitably somebody's going to get a slow start out of the gate. And because that sample size is so small that it becomes magnified. And we think, oh, my God, my player just went one for ten in his first weekend. What is going on? How are we not improving? How are we not getting better? And I'm just here to remind you, And a very cool part about my job is I see six-year-olds playing and I see Major League Baseball players playing. And I train them both. And the patience of the process, I see Major League players struggling out of the gate for timing when they go to spring training. And, And think about this. Spring training is 30 days long, roughly, because it takes hitters about that long to get their timing set. So to think that a player at the beginning of March is going to come out of the gate, ready to go for the season, and in day one, they're just going to mash the baseball. They may, but take time and patience and perspective in the process that it does take some time to get your timing set, as well as depth perception changes when you get onto a field versus hitting in a cage where there's usually a screen or a wall right behind the pitcher. Now there's an open field behind him. All these things take a little time to get adjusted to. So patience in the process. Next, that same idea of time and money spent all offseason does not mean your player is mechanically efficient yet or perfect. And some of the things I remind parents here is there's very few major league players that are completely efficient and mechanically sound. What they do a better job of is understanding what their strengths and their weaknesses are, the assets that they bring into the batter's box every day, and they try to stay in their strengths. Well, we could do the same thing as a youth athlete. There's nobody that out there that has a 12-year-old that is going to be mechanically 100% sound like Miguel Cabrera yet. It's just not going to happen. So think about what we do well as a hitter, what some of our drawbacks are, limitations, and try to put them in a position with approach to maximize their assets. If you've got a player that pulls the ball really well, well, let's look for a pitch probably on the middle to inside portion of the plate, and we'll bypass those outside strikes until we get two strikes on us. If we have a player with slower bat speed, we'd tell them just the opposite. We're going to take that pitch on the inside portion of the plate and spit on it until we get two strikes, and we're going to look for a ball to drive to the opposite field gap, looking for the ball out away from us a little more. So it's understanding what that player brings to the table every day and what the strengths of that player are, and we factor that into their game day approach. And finally, the perspective needed. We're going to have players that strike out their first two at-bats of the season, and they're going to come back with panic mode in their face too, crocodile tears in their eyes. And what they're looking for from a parent in the stands or a coach in the, in the dugout is reassurance that everything is going to be okay. The worst thing that could happen to a young player that has anxiety already about their performance is see panic in the face of a parent. Should that happen, or a very upset parent, it's going to snowball and make the mentality and the mindset worse on the player versus the reassurance that this is two at-bats in the season out of 200, and there's a long way to go, and we're going to be just fine. Our timing's going to be set. 
There's a small adjustment we can make in terms of that timing. Something just very basic, very simple to keep their mind on the game and their mind off that very small sample size of performance. So hopefully as you're getting out, you're all having success and mashing baseballs like Babe Ruth, but inevitably, early on in the year, we're going to have a player that struggles, and how you react to that player's struggles as a parent can sometimes determine how quickly or how long that negative mindset and, in their mind, negative performance can set in. Until next time, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv, and I'll see you on the field. Great stuff, and of course, um, you cannot, you know, you have to make sure you check out EliteBaseball.tv. Just listening to these guys talk and the way they do their stuff, I'm telling you, you will not be sorry. Um, That's it for us today. Again, I want to thank everybody, and uh, especially our partners, RopeTrainer.com. Um, precisionimpact.ca don't forget your coupon at precisionimpact.ca when checking out you'll see a coupon code put in Youth Baseball Talk you receive an extra 10% Um, you know guys I'm telling you um, you know our partners make it possible for us to do this that includes EliteBaseball.tv Dirtbag Nation everybody that's involved in the show thank you so much don't forget to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com remember you can subscribe to the podcast there which is free um, you can listen to back episodes, which we're, we're happy to, to have you do. And, of course, if you do your shopping through Amazon, through our website, guys, it helps us so much. Thank you. Follow us on social media, at Podcast Baseball on Twitter. Find us on Facebook by typing in Youth Baseball Talk. And, of course, you can find us on Instagram at Youth Baseball Talk as well. Uh, lineupmedia.fm, they're worth your entertainment time. They take it very serious. Give them a look. Producers Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, thanks for all you do behind the scenes. Uh, For all the guys involved in the show, this is Jim Cromer with Youth Baseball Talk. I will see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.